0: Big Talk, Big Opinions,
2: The Panel. Talk, talk, talk to me, yeah. Yeah. yeah, welcome into The Panel, James Regan and Ollie Ritchie. Good morning, gentlemen. How are we? Yeah, good, mate. mate. How are you? Mate, good morning. Good morning. Uh, of course, uh, the news coming out this morning, slowly leaking out that we have COVID in the all-black camp. Uh, no Ian Foster, no John Plumtree. They're isolating at home. David Harvely and Jack Goodhue aren't with the team. Brayden Enor has been called into the squad. Um, I think I've seen more people worried about uh, who's going to coach the team? Then worry about who's going to play in midfield. So many calls for get Razor in, get Razor in. Ollie, I know that you'll you'll be on that bandwagon, mate. Wait, what what do you think uh, the All Blacks will do Have they got enough in you know old Stormy McLeod to, to to run the ship if they need to against Ireland?
0: Yeah, I, I think they do, uh, Ricardo. I think uh, by the sounds of it, it'll be um, Brad Moore and and Scott McLeod, um, kind of acting as co-coaches during the week. In a way, Ian Foster will still have input over Zoom, as will will John Plumtree, as much input as you can possibly have over Zoom. Um, But, yeah, I certainly understand Brad Moore and Scott McLeod will have as co-coaches during the week. Look, it's not ideal. Of course, it's not. Um, You know, first test of the year against Ireland, obviously. You know, the storyline around that redemption and um, after what happened in Dublin, it's far from ideal losing two coaches and and two All Blacks. But, you know, this is the world we live in now, unfortunately. Um, And, you know, it's it's no great surprise to see at some point uh, these guys go down with it. It's just unfortunate that that it's happened when it has happened. Um, But, you know... (laughs) <laughs> they'll
2: find a way, uh, they, they always do but um, yeah, certainly not ideal not an ideal way to start Not an ideal way to start at all and James, uh, of course I, I think there's a lot of people particularly from Ollie's part of the world that would have said David Harvey and Jack Goodhue should be the All Blacks starting midfield, they're obviously not available so the question is, what happens now? I know you love your rugby league is Roger Tui the answer? Is he ready to start a test against the Irish at 12? Yeah, it's, it's funny it's
1: probably the the position you would not want to miss out um, on at the moment with those two guys, especially David Havili, was probably my pick for number 12 with Guilani with at 13. So maybe maybe they do have to call Roger in. It would shock me if he starts and, and probably even plays in this first test as bad as it is. Um, it is a bit of a disaster for the All Blacks and their their ability, their famed ability to, to improvise and, and to kind of... Um, overcome these challenges will be really tested against what I expect to be a really good Ireland side. So yeah, it's 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 a huge blow for those guys, no doubt. Especially I think missing Havili and Goodhue, that that's just massive for them.
2: Yeah, I mean, those are the ones that have been confirmed. The information I had before the All Blacks made uh, an official statement was that Quintu Pai and Will Jordan were also uh, questionable, um, and I don't know if that's COVID or something else, um, but obviously that that brings up uh, something else, Oli, I mean, if that is true and those two aren't available... I think a lot of people were going, well, maybe you play Geordie at 12 um, and, and Will Jordan can play at fullback. But if he's not available, what do they do? I mean, did they play Mwanga at 10 and play Bodie at 15? Is that an option?
0: Yeah, well, um, it, it's, it's offering up all sorts of conundrums really, isn't it? Um, I understand Quinted may have taken a knock during camp in Mount Monganui, their first camp there, yeah. um, and so that may not be COVID-related. It may be COVID-related, of course. Um, you know, because with that virus, when one's got it, two's got it, then four and five have got it before you know it. So it can spread pretty easily. Um, look, I would be probably bringing Joey Barrett into the midfield. Uh, I know Foster said that he doesn't see him as a 12, um, but you know they find themselves in in a, in a situation where they're going to have to think differently. I think. Um, so if that is the case. You know, I, I'm still not convinced rushing Roger Tuibasa-Shek into the starting lineup is the answer. Uh, you've got Jordy Barrett, who's an experienced All Black, has played at 12, not for the All Blacks, but for the Hurricanes this season. I would slot him in there, move Will Jordan to full-back if Will Jordan uh, is available. If Will Jordan's not available, then you are looking at a boat to full-back. Richie Moanga to, to start at 10. The good thing is the All Blacks have all these options, and in a funny way, all their experimenting that they've done over the past couple of years with the whole, you know, dual playmakers, Bowden at fifteen, Richie at ten, you know, it's almost like starting to pay dividends right now because they can fall back on those guys to go back into those positions if need be. I'd say that's the most likely outcome if indeed Quintu Pyre and Will Jordan find themselves uh, unable to play as well.
2: Yeah, indeed. It's coming up 10.30. We've got uh, news and sport with Araha. This is the panel. When we come back, we'll continue to talk international rugby with the Māori All Blacks in action on Wednesday against the Touring Irish. We'll also talk rugby league and cricket with the panel after this.
0: Big talk, big opinions, the panel. Talk, talk, talk to me, yeah.
2: James Regan and Ollie Ritchie with us on the panel today. And Ollie, uh, New Zealand, well, I was going to say New Zealand Māori, I'm still getting used to saying the Moldy All Blacks are in action on Wednesday. We, of course, uh, saw them uh, pick up some reinforcements last week, and I know one of those will have you pretty excited. Do you expect Cullen Grace to be starting at eight now that he's been called in on Wednesday? Yeah,
0: a- absolutely I do. Um, I think this is a great opportunity for a guy like Cullen Grace Badly unlucky uh, to miss out on the All Blacks. Been one of the Crusaders' best all year, and, and showed at the business end of that Super Season. You know, particularly I look back on the semi-final and final performance. Real statement performances from Cullen Grace. I think um, he will be playing at eight for the All Blacks. A big chance against uh, Ireland for him to, to, to show those All Black coaches who, you know, a couple of those selectors will, will have a bit of time on their hands now to, to watch a bit more code while they isolate at home. Um, to show them just what they're missing out on. Um, You know, I think he is in the All Blacks picture, there is no doubt about that. We haven't seen the last of Cullen Grayson in an All Blacks jersey, so you know, in a way, his his timely call-up to the Maldi All Blacks just presents that opportunity once again to, to, yeah, to show them uh, what they're missing out on, and and the same can be said for for Brad Weber and and TJ Pedernada. Brad Weber will get the nod at at, at halfback, I understand, and and TJ Pedernada coming off the bench, you know, both uh, who, who are desperate to fight their way back into the All Blacks frame and, and showing in and Foster and co. that they can still be a part of the All Blacks' future, even with that logjam. They have it at halfback at the moment. So it's a big series, a big couple of tests coming up for a lot of those All Blacks who are sitting on the fringe at the moment that are trying to break in.
2: Yeah, it's a, an interesting one too, uh, James, that we saw Sam not called up from the Blues, who's of course been under, understudied to Finlay Christie um, as a third halfback option for the Māori All Blacks. I mean, for me, he's, uh, he's not a bad player, but he certainly hasn't set it a lot. I thought they might have brought in somebody a bit younger to give them a taste of that sort of environment, someone like a Cortes Ratama. Um, what, did you, what did you think of that call-up?
1: Yeah, it was interesting, and it kind of just, what it does show is the stack of halfbacks That that we've got at our disposal at the moment. Um, It's pretty hard. It's a pretty hard group to break into. So any experience you can give any of of those guys you mentioned Cortez, exactly. You know. So um, it'll be great to see him called up eventually and given a go. But um, one thing's for sure: if you want to break into that group of top halfbacks at the moment, you're going to have to be really on your game. So it's a good chance for a lot of these guys um, this Iron Series to show that and getting towards the World Cup, which is going to come around pretty fast. So you, you get the feeling there's not much, uh, not much room for mistake at the moment as well. No, there's not
2: much room at all. In fact, I just uh, have seen the uh, team has actually officially been announced now uh, for Wednesday's game. Oli Norris, Kurt Eklund, Tyrell Lomax, the front row, Josh Dixon, Isaiah Walker, Leah uh, as the locks, uh, Cameron Suafoa, Billy Harman and Cullen Grace, the Lucy's Brad Webber, Joshuani are the halves, then Connor Garden bashup and Sean Stevenson are the wings with Rameka Puiapi and Billy Proctor in the midfield, Zan Sullivan playing fullback, Tyrone Thompson Tamiti Williams, uh, Jermaine Ainsley, Manaki Selby-Rickett TK Howden, TJ Peranada, Ruben Love and Balin Sullivan are the reserves Alright gentlemen, uh, let's uh, take a look at uh, some rugby league we had James, a great game well, a couple of great games actually on Saturday night at Mount Smart Stadium, and boy, I wonder where all the Kiwi League fans were because I know where all the Tongan League fans were.
1: <laughs> yeah, they were—they were pretty hard to mess weren't they? Um, yeah, it, it was. Regardless of, of the action on the field, first of all, it, it was a great day um, for New Zealand Rugby League off it, and that they should be applauded for how they kind of rolled that out. I think they had eight weeks to get that day together, um, and the media they—they they gave access. Um, during the week was amazing too and um so off the field it was really good but on the field man the kiwis they they look really good they looked really good and they should be really excited for this world cup coming up it's probably it's it's very early but it's probably there to lose bearing in mind that the kangaroos might not get a game before that world cup as well so michael Maguire will be really happy with what he saw um and in terms of the, the fans, you're right. Um, there were a stack of Tongans in there. I think I saw maybe a handful of Kiwis. But um, in terms of the atmosphere, I'm going to the all Blacks game next week as a fan. And I know the uh, New Zealand Rugby PR team could only dream of getting an atmosphere like that for the pre-match haka. Huh? It was just—it was next level. I think it was twenty-seven thousand or something. It, it sounded like it was fifty. It was—it was insane.
2: Yeah, I was doing sideline commentary from it. It was pretty pretty damn loud down there. It got to be said. Uh, I mean, Ollie, it feels like. Uh, I mean, I know we're talking rugby league, but. There's probably going to be uh, as much green as there is black um, at Eden Park on the weekend. Uh, But what did you make of that and and the crowd and the the way that the Kiwis performed against that Tongan side?
0: Yeah, I agree with everything that uh, Jimmy just alluded to there. I wasn't at the game. I was was watching from home, but uh, just on the TV, it looked amazing. Um, It's a sea of red. The All Blacks will be hoping they don't see a sea of green at Eden Park. Um, and, And I don't think it'll quite be... Quite be like that, but yeah, man. When when those Tongan fans come out, they are just really special, and, and they make that atmosphere so great. And um, you know, the, the Martin Tonga would have got a got a huge lift from that, I'm sure. Um, but yeah, in terms of the Kiwis, um, that was that was exactly what I wanted to see in a World Cup year. And it, you know, it's, it's easier to think, to remember to forget rather that, that there hasn't been international rugby right, really, league for, for quite some time. So. Uh, for them to, to put a performance like that out there, um, yeah, that, that almost puts them. You know, maybe not as World Cup favourites because the Kangaroos will be really good, but they should be feeling very confident uh, ahead of that World Cup. Um, oh, Charlie at fullback was impressive, wasn't he? Mm, yeah, four hundred
2: and four metres. It's been updated to according to the official stats he ran for, which I think is the first time an in international rugby league that somebody has run for that much uh, that many metres.
0: Yeah, uh, just. Uh, ridiculous how, uh, how many metres he ran for and this, the sort of effort he put in. Um, you know, that was a bit of an experiment, I'm sure. And, and you know, there were probably a few options to, to take the one jersey, to the Kiwis. But, you know, Michael Maguire must be feeling pretty good about, you know, what he can put out and, and the performance his team can put out. And, you know, you get a, a bit more time together, right? And, uh, you know, a few weeks in camp and, you know, heading off, heading off to a World Cup, that team could be, could be really dangerous.
2: Yeah, they're looking really good. Uh, well, we should talk about one more Kiwi team before we finish on the panel, gentlemen, and that is the Black Caps. They haven't been looking particularly dangerous, but i tell you what has been, is that, and that's a spinner at Headingley, a guy who can uh, bowl with a ball that's 13 overs old in the first innings and take for, and then can take the new ball in the second innings and take for 10 for the match. If only, uh, James, there was a spinner in the Black Caps squad that was able to take
1: 10 for in a match that we could have played here. <laughs> Yeah, it makes you think, uh, doesn't it? I think that, that'll that probably be the thing we get out of this series when it comes to the Black Caps, right, is, is the selections and and where this thing kind of goes because you they're the best team in the world. The, that There's absolutely no doubt about that when it comes to overall test rankings and everything, but um, you've got to progress, right? And you've got to be able to adapt and you've got to be able to bring someone in um, and you've got to be brave as well with selections sometimes, so... It's worked. The system they've they've gone for has worked for the past however many years, four or five years. But now maybe it's it's probably time to think about bringing bring something different or being being able to bring something different to that because England has yeah they just they've made it look fairly easy at times, haven't they?
2: They have. Uh, I mean, you know, one of our own showing us up a wee bit. Uh, Ollie and the way that Baz has had this English team playing. He's, he's had them playing like New Zealand used to play. It feels like we've got a bit stayed under Gary Stead. Uh, I mean, we've, we're have going to get swept in England in the Test Series, and we've drawn home Test Series against both Bangladesh and a, and a South African team that is rebuilding. Is it time for a change?
0: Yeah, I mean, you talk about the Bruno McCullum, but I didn't think we'd quite be seeing Joe Root sweep or reverse sweeping Neil Wagner for six as early as we are yet. <laughs> uh, this is the, the bold and brave new English team we're, we're encountering. Um, questions need to be asked. Our selection is all over the show. We give, we pick a spinner for Lords. We bowl them for two overs. We don't pick Neil Wagner for the first two tests, a known wicket-taker for the Black Caps. And then we we find ourselves in the third test, an older ball. It's doing a bit, and we don't have our uh, specialist spinner in the team. I mean, what are we doing? What is Gary Stead doing? It's just getting ridiculous at the moment. And you know, this is a proud Black Caps team with a with a very uh, passionate fan base back here who have done some amazing things over the past few years. But just right now, it seems like things are not clicking. I don't know whether it's you know Stead and 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 not singing from the same song sheet or what, uh, but. Yeah, I think questions need to be asked because we have not got the selections right at all uh, over this test series. And we're paying for it because we're being outplayed, outmatched, um, outmuscled, uh by what is now a very good England team. Uh, and, and one of our best, so uh, we're be aware that the silver burn is, is helping mastermind it. So yeah, yeah it, it's not been pretty.
2: No, as you see, he's managed to turn Stuart Broad into Trent Bolt with a bat too, which is impressive, So uh, uh, you know, which, which is always good to see. Gentlemen, thank you very much for coming on the panel today. I really appreciate your time. I know, Ollie, you'll be chasing AB stories, and James, you'll be, be keeping busy as well off the back of Origin last night. I'll let you two gentlemen go so you can get on with uh, your days, but I really appreciate your time. Go well.